Welcome to episode 34 of Fish Across the Pond, a Miami Marlins UK baseball podcast. I am your host, Peter Pratt, and joining me this week, Lee Dobbs. Lee, how are we? Yeah, I'm good, you know, as always. Good man, good man, good to hear. And the final guest, the other guest for this evening, I've had to pull some serious strings to get him in. Huge (laughs) strings. Been in touch with his agent. He is a podcasting legend in the basketball world. He runs the Heat UK page, the Heat UK podcast, the Heat UK website. He's about to take over Skybet. Dan the man, Dan. How are we, pal? Oh, very well, mate. But what a massive disappointment to all your listeners with that build-up, just, <laughs> just to realise it's the same bloke that's been on the page episodes before. <laughs> oh, so man, bad. Yeah. Thank you for the uh, thank you for the build-up, anyway. This is it, mate. This is it. Um, uh, unfortunately, uh, yeah, no. Good to have you boys on. Unfortunately, Rob, uh, he's indisposed this evening. Um, so just the three of us uh, tonight. Um, but we wanted to wanted to dive on. You boys held the fort excellently whilst i was uh, indisposed last time uh, there was all sorts of rumors flying around about where i was what i was up to <laughs> I'm, I'm not entirely sure what i was up to thinking back but it was very near christmas and christmas yeah. season was in full force so i've got I'm a feeling that, yeah yeah I, I didn't make the podcast and i can't remember why but either way it was a good night so you know that was the main thing but guys it was a, it was a good pod and i think Really, the the first uh, the first order of business tonight is we need to dive into, I guess, the big splashy free agent move the Marlins have made, and uh, it's actually been fully announced or uh, it, he's he's actually signed and it's been confirmed, and that's Corey Dixon signing to a, to a two year, seventeen and a half million dollar deal. So. Guys, why it's good to talk about it now is that you you spent quite a bit of time on the podcast last time, two weeks back, uh, looking at the options, what the what the splashy play would be. A lot of time and focus on Yassel Puig. There was you know a lot of Twitter flirting going on. I'll describe it as, um, but it wasn't to be Puig, or it isn't just now. I mean, who knows? We're still there's still time. But Corey Dickerson's the man. Um, Lee, are you? Excited or underwhelmed at Corey Dickerson? Uh, I'd say more excited than you know underwhelmed. So I mean, he, he had a good when was his twenty seventeen? He he's really good, you know, all star. What he had numbers here: twenty seven home runs in that year, sixty two RBIs. Last year he was slightly down, but he was injured for a lot of it. Mm. He had twelve home runs, fifty nine RBIs in just seventy eight games. So if he can do that over, say, 130 games, mm. then yeah, you know, I think he's got potential to be 20 home runs, uh, 70 RBIs. Obviously, a lot of it will depend on health. I don't know how injured he is or whether you know, he's, you know, he's, he's, he's fully fit now and stuff. But yeah, I'd say it's a really good good signing signing compared to what we to what we we've seen you know in past years when we've just been signed been signing one year deals and. You know, you know, players who are on the, on the back end of their, you know, you know, like life. So I'd say it's, it's a decent size sign there. Yeah. One that one that should be be positive, you know, you know, for like the future. Yeah, I um, Dan, I, when I was thinking about the the Puig stuff and all the buzz around that and hype, I I, I kept thinking back that the the need that the kind of constant need that was being talked about was a left-hand, left-handed hitter, and I think that obviously Puig didn't tick that box, unless I'm mistaken. But <laughs> I think the reality was that they were always going to add a left-handed, uh, left-handed hitter that was that was you know it was a need for for the Marlins lineup. So probably when we peel it back, this was a more likely outcome. 
um, than than a Yasser Puig. And actually, I think if we're going to commit seventeen and a half million dollars to to Corey Dixon, um, I think um, you know he's going to have to step up this year, isn't he? He's not going to. He can't just be a bit part player. He's going to have to be every day, and we're going to have to, we're going to expect some big things this year from him. Yeah, and I think that that's probably one of the reasons why um, it might he might have decided to come to us because you know he's sort of embraced the fact that we're a rebuilding team, and he said that was like one of the reasons why he wanted he was quite excited to be a part of that, and he's going to probably be playing pretty much every game that he's fit for and he's healthy for, which hopefully he will be. Yeah, he is um, obviously something that we needed in that sense. Of obviously, being a left-handed um, hitter, I think we've only got is it Diaz. Is our only other lefty? Um, and I think uh, we've got v- VR as well. We just signed who can obviously switch hit so he can play VR. So, um, yeah, it, it does address that need. I think he done okay last year. I think the contract is, yeah, it's probably, yeah, it's, it's, it's fair. It's a fair contract. I think that's, um, you know, that to be to be expected. And it, it gives us some more options, some more added pop, and also some some more experience because I mentioned it last week. We've, we've Castro, Granderson, Riddle all gone now. Um, mm-hmm. We needed some veteran presence, and it gives us a bit of that as well. So I think, um, yeah, I'm not underwhelmed by it. I'm quite quite excited by the prospects of uh, of Corey. Oh, good. Well, one follow up thought I had, uh, I'll you know put it to both of you really is what what now maybe for for Harold Ramirez because Harold, you know, came into the lineup what a couple of months in after we'd had that turgid start to the season. And then I thought performed brilliantly, actually. He was solid hitter. So what, I mean, for him, as we just mentioned, Corey Dickerson is probably being signed to play every day. So what do we see in the future for Harold Ramirez for this season? Any thoughts, Lee? Uh, yes, yeah, a tough one, like I say. He, he did well when he came up. So to now, you know, sort of, sort of demote him back again. You know, it's harsh. I'd say it's probably you'd think that Brian Anderson's probably going to play you know, in the outfield to begin with, at least. Mm. At least centre field, which I don't know how Mills will want to play centre field because obviously that's another question with Brinson and all that, with, you know, which we can can talk can talk about later. I'd say for me, it's probably going to be the fourth outfielder. So mm. he, you know, he he'll probably still play a fair fair you know a few games, but. Yeah, I, I think it'd be the fourth, fourth out, fourth outfielder stepping in when there's when there's an injury or you know a day off, and, and he because he can play play you know either corner is good. So I mean it's harsh on him because he did deserve you know you know, you know another shot, but as I just saying we're we're signing Dickerson to play you know every day really. Mm. Yeah, Dan, what what about trading him back to uh, to the Blue Jays maybe? Uh, possibly, yeah, it's it's a possibility, but I think that um, I, I think that um, I, I don't think it's a bad thing. I think that you can never have that much, you know, enough depth. It's something that we've struggled with, really, with depth. We haven't, we've never been blessed for the last couple of years, anyway, of having a lot of depth. So I think competition for places, um, it's healthy. It's a healthy thing to have um, through the club. So uh, yeah, it, it's going to be Dickinson. I think that will that will be playing every day, as we've just said, but. Um, I don't see it as a bad thing. I hope hopefully Ramirez will um will, will rise to a challenge and that's only good for the Marlins. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Agreed. I, you know, it's the reality is, as we know, it's a long old season and um, you know, health health issues happen all, all the time. So you need that you need that depth. And I think when we look back to the uh, the golden era, let's say, of uh, of Stanton Ozuna Yelich, which wasn't really a golden era, but if you know what I'm saying, the reality was that the depth behind those guys was absolutely yeah. piss poor. It's <laughs> the best way to describe it. It was piss poor. <laughs> Let's not go into the starting rotation and uh, whatever. I mean, because that was even worse. But uh, yeah, it was. It was that we lacked depth. Let's say. And uh, so you're right. We're right to flag that. And so yeah, I'm hoping you know, hoping Harold sticks around and um, you know, I, he'll see his fair share. Um, we'll come on to centre field bit later on in this podcast guys um because yeah we do need to talk about that but let, let's park that one for a sec just to go back to dickerson um the reality is with many baseball players 
other than Marlins players, uh, I, I know very little of them in many ways. You know, we don't, you know, such a, so many players, it's hard to follow. So I've had to kind of go back and do a bit of research as to what he's about and what he's been up to in his career. And yeah, Lee, Lee seemingly has done the same. So well done, Lee. Well prepared for the podcast. Um, the, the standout season was this 2017 season for the Rays. And what was interesting for this one, this is what stood out to me, was that, he, yeah, as you mentioned, he was an all-star and hit 17 home runs up to the all-star break, so which was you know a rapid pace. But I think the main thing that changed for him that year was that he moved into the leadoff spot for the Rays. And that's where seemingly things clicked for him. Um, so I'm interested to see where he fits into the lineup when i look back at what where he's been in different lineups in the last three years he's spent more time in leadoff than anywhere else but closely followed by the five hole um so around 400 plate appearances in the leadoff spot 350 um in the five hole so how do we see that playing out dan in terms of where he may fit into the lineup itself um Potential leadoff hitter, or maybe further down. Further yeah. down. If, if I remember rightly, um, well, I think did we, we we struggled a bit with a leadoff um, position like to start with last year. I seem mm. to remember. Um, did Cooper start coming good with it, or uh, am I imagining that, or was it Bertie with, that, that eventually started coming quite good? So, There's so much gone on between now that I can't really remember, but. I, I, I think Rojas had a good stint, didn't he? Right. Miggy, yeah. Miggy, Miggy yeah. picked it up and then he got hurt, I think, and then yeah. that kind of ended so, that run. I do seem to remember us struggling in the lead-off spot. So, um, yeah, perhaps that... Perhaps, I mean, if you're, your stats, are, which I wasn't aware of, uh, that you've just spread out there, that's... Um, you know, What's that? A stat you didn't know? What the hell? I didn't know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that sounds... Um, that sounds like music to my ears, really. That's uh, that, so. If that's the case, and that's where he's been at his most productive, then um, yes, because I think we've got enough options down a bit further down in the uh, in the lineup. So uh, yeah, I would say if that's the what you're saying's right there, mate. Then that's that's where he should start off. Well, that's that's where he seemingly where it clicked for the Rays, uh, and I'm okay. sure there's others that will will add a bit more context on what he's been doing recently. Um, to me, it looks like he's probably been, was a leadoff hitter, a good a good one for the Rays. And then when he's been moved on to, uh, well, he was at the Pirates, wasn't he, for a, for a couple of years and then finished up at the Phillies. I have a feeling he was more middle of the order there. So, um, you, know, it, you know, it's interesting to know, because you're right, I think the leadoff spot was a little bit thorny for us last year. We couldn't, we chopped and changed and, couldn't yeah. really work out what we were going to do. So it's nice to know that he's got, you know, he has a track record of performing. Um, my gut feel on, on the leadoff spot will be this, uh, you know, the, the other new acquisition, I suppose, that, again, we'll be, we're expecting to do well, will be uh, Jonathan VR. Um, just to go back, because I didn't get a chance to ask this to you because I missed the podcast again <laughs> two weeks ago. Um, how... How are we pronouncing his name? <laughs> Villar. Is, Villar. Is it Villar? Villar? Villa? Jonathan Aston Villa? What are we? <laughs> what are we saying? What Lee? Give give me your your thoughts. So when your... I would say it as uh, you know a Villar, you know, like yeah, you know, yeah, you know, how it sort of, you know, reads, but yeah, I yeah. Don't know. If it is, you know, you know, a silent A, uh, I mean, R or, or an A, like, I don't know. But, yeah. <laughs> Bilardo is, it, is how it sounds to me. <laughs> yeah, I, as you say that, mate, all I've got in my head now is, uh, and I'm sorry to the probably the US listeners, but uh, I've got in my head Gavin and Stacey now, and I've got I've got him going, Gavila! <laughs> That's what's in my head. <laughs> so that's what I'm, yeah. all year I'm just going to hear now Jonathan Villa <laughs> what about you Dan? Right. what are you saying how do you pronounce this bloody surname yeah I, I was thinking it was VR I thought it was Silent Hills but I'll I'll probably just oh. Essexize it yeah I'll oh just Essexize it and just, uh, just call him yeah, Villa or, yeah but <laughs> I, I thought I thought it was VR yeah <laughs> 
Right. Well, we'll we'll get him on this podcast to clear it up anyway. At some point, so. we don't know then. Is, you know, like, <laughs> the outcome to that. No, it remains it remains a mystery. So, <laughs> I'm hoping someone, you know, you know, probably during spring training, we'll get some clarity on that. Yeah. Where it's one of the journalists will ask a question. <laughs> but uh, coming on to the other guy that we've uh, we got, um, I. I... <laughs> Aguila. 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 I, 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 called him, I called him bloody. I called him Aguero last week. I'm so bad with names. I've never been good with names. <laughs> all these Cubans and all the rest and yeah, Haitians and oh, stuff. Oh, I tell you what, as I listened to that, I had Alexa fired up. Playing, playing the podcast, and um, I gotta be honest, I was in absolute stitches listening to, firstly, to Rob. He was trying, Rob was trying to make a real professional go of it with the pronunciations, and he was almost over pronunciating the names. And then, and then Dan would stroll in with a an Aguero <laughs> shocking scenes. Yeah, Lads. I've done the, I've done the, I've done the podcast. No credibility at all. So. Oh, it was it was it was podcasting gold. I'm not going to lie. Episode for those who haven't listened, episode 33, pronunciation 101. However you want to call it. Yeah, there, so, there's the name for this podcast, mate. There we go. It, it, it rolls off the tongue though. VR and Aguilar. There you go. I don't know. Yeah. Um, okay, so that's. Um, that's the the end of that that conundrum. I'm not sure it's fully resolved, but anyway, we <laughs> we we will move on. Um, so I think the main and so I think going back to what the Marlins have done in the off season so far, I think I, I, it's hard to pick fault really on anything they've done. In my opinion, um, they've reinvested the money that's come off the books, and I think they've re, they've reinvested it well. They've eaten Chen's contract, which had to be done. And I think that brings us nicely on to the the bullpen uh, and the new look bullpen, let's say, or the bullpen that seems to be lacking in quality at the moment, let's say. I don't know. But um, I think really that's the area where we're still expecting some action from a an acquisition perspective, and I still think that a free agent or maybe even two is to be expected there. Knowing we're not in the market for a, let's say, a five, six million dollar type contract, we're probably more in the, I don't know, the two to three million range, maybe a two year max, but probably a one year deal, a Romo deal from last year, let's say, or something yeah. like that. It's kind of the market we're in, which is fine. Um, so, as I look at it, guys, what, what we've got at the moment are these guys. I'm just going to rattle these off, and you can give me a take on, I don't know, maybe you can give me a grade, a bullpen grade on where we think we are at the moment. So, we've got Conley, Harlan Garcia, Yimmy Garcia, Brian Moran, Sterling Sharp, I've put in there, Ryan Stanek, Stecken Ryder. I've got Key Harder in there. Bloody hell, that's another pronunciation special. <laughs> Um, and then I've got Urania with a with a with a question mark next to him as well. So I, I think that's pretty much what we've got as things stand today. Bearing in mind the the corresponding move to uh, Dickerson was Austin Bryce being DFA'd, so you know that was a slightly surprising move in some ways. But anyway, you know that's yeah. as it stands. Um, I mean, can we really see that? You know that bullpen. Can we? Can you really see us riding that bullpen with any success next year, Lee? I, I'm not sure. Uh, I mean, it's hard to know. We, you know, we, we, we like, we, we, you know, we're not like the bullpen because, I mean, these players are are good from one year and then they're rubbish the next. It's hard to <laughs> gauge. But I mean, what lacks, what you stands out in there is who would be the closer out of all that lot. <laughs> like, oh, and no yeah. one, no one seems seems to to jump out. Which is where we may try and I mean I'm not sure even who's available in a minute. I saw that Steve Ciszek had just signed for the White Sox, I think it was, who was a player who who who, who we we could have brought back to the Marlins, who could have mm. done a job. But yeah, I mean out of that lot, I, I, you're saying I do expect some more moves 
I think uh, Brandon Kinslow is is available. I saw his his name thrown about. When I yeah. I know of him because I had him in fan, fantasy league in I think 2017 when he had that really good season, like 20, 28 saves that it was. I think before he went to the Nats in, in the trade. All star, oh, wow. okay. All star in you know in that season. And then, then what did then, he do last year, Kinsler? Do we know? He was good. He had a rubbish 28, 2018, I think. But he was good last right. year. I did write it down somewhere. Like that. Two six okay. eight ERA last year with the Cubs. Yeah, yeah, he wasn't a closer though. But no. I mean, he can he can be be the closer. He doesn't. The one negative is probably he doesn't strike out as many pitches as you know you know, you know, you'd maybe want from a from a closer. But mm-hmm. but he would be someone who I'd who I'd look at if we are still looking to sign. So he may come on price range of would might be the only sort of you know holding block where we can get him sort of three million four million. Yeah, but yeah, I think we do need to look for maybe an experienced closer, you know, to, to, to just add add to that mix. Yeah, I like mate. Good good feedback. I, it's um, I'll pose a question to you now. This is uh, this is an unverified stat, so this may not be correct, but I'm I'm going to roll with it anyway. Um, Dan, who who do you think out of that current pen has the highest number of MLB saves? In their in in their careers, and what and what number do you think that it is? God, um, <laughs> saves. Um, wow, I would stab in the dark at second rider. Your stab <laughs> in the dark is Bob on <laughs> second rider. Do you know how many he's had in his career? <laughs> no, not a clue, to be honest. Lee? I'd guess about 10. <laughs> I, was gonna say about, I was going to say about 12. <laughs> yeah, it's fair guesses. Fair guesses, lads. You're slightly... I mean, we're Marlins fans, so, you know, when we think we've won more games or needed a closer <laughs> more than we need, so... Yes. <laughs> He's had six career saves, I believe. Wow. wow. I think that currently leads all bullpen options um, probably significantly. So that, Lee, I think the point you made is is absolutely bob on in that what we need to sign and what we should sign is an experienced closer or they, they have shown that they can do it, whether they did it last year or not. Maybe not so bothered by that, but I feel like they need to have been in that position in the past. And you know, to me, Kinsler sounds like he really fits that profile. Um, so you know, there we go. Um, Dan, I'll throw a few more other names at you that that have been kind of floated around, let's say, or that are out there. Um, Pedro Strope. <laughs> Um, I had him last year in fantasy, <laughs> and I can tell you, he was absolutely pants. <laughs> he was pants. Right, I'll tell you who else is out there. Fernando Rodney. <laughs> <laughs> He's out there. No, but it, in all seriousness, I think the the ones that are being talked about are actually Kinsler, Pedro Strope, Hector Rondon, I think, has been talked about as well, I've heard. Um, the one that I did see, and I kind of got got a bit tweet-happy about it earlier today, was Jeremy Jeffress, who yeah. was obviously absolutely top draw in 2018 for the Brewers, and then yeah. the wheels fell off drastically for him last year and, you know, whatever. But again, looking back, to me, to what the Marlins have been signing recently, it's we're going to sign guys coming off down years, but mm. have shown flashes of elite ability. Yeah. For yeah. me, Jeffress fits that profile, and he has closed before. So yeah. I don't know. He may be looking for some serious money, but mate, out of out of those, and there are loads of other names that go on forever. But they were some of the highlights I picked out. Yeah. Anything else stand I, out to you, mate? There. Yeah, I I, I think that that Jeffries is. Um, is not a bad shout because as you just said there, and it sort of maybe even 
um, applies to uh, Puig as well, um, where they both come off, as you said, down years. They've both got a bit of character about them. I think that um, both quite can be quite exciting. I think that Miami would be a really good landing spot for both of them players for that, for that same reason. But I think Jeffries isn't a bad shout. I think he's got quite a good whip level. I think his, his strikeouts are okay as well. So I think it would improve us in what's the, the, the biggest area that we need improving by far. So, um, yeah, I, I would I would champion uh, Jer- Jeremy Jeffries. All right. Let me... Let me just have a quick look here and see. God, I can't even spell. I wanted to see what he did in 2018 because I seem to remember him being awesome. Yeah, he was great in 2018. Let's see what he did. 2018. He, he was an all-star. star. Yeah, he was. He was yeah, an all-star. Star. Yeah. yeah. Um, all-star, eight wins, uh, ERA of 1.29, 15 saves. Yeah, I mean... He was doing everything. And also, actually, looking back, he's had 27 saves in 2016. Um, so, I mean, there you go. He's done it before. Mm. Last year, the wheels fell off for him. Um, yeah. An ERA of five. and Yeah. Yeah, it just wasn't happening for him. But anyway, that, that happens. And that, like, well, like Lee said, um, the wheels can come quickly off these these closers and these bullpen guys. So yeah, that's interesting. I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued, but I do probably, um, Kinsler to me, the way Lee's explained that to me, Kinsler sounds the probable one. I think at this point, just, I, f- I feel like Jeffress will probably be looking for something more than what the Marlins are willing to offer based on his 2018 year. So, Hey, let's see, um, you know, Rondon or Strope, you know, they've done it before in, in patches, but it sounds like to me like Kinsler would be a better fit. So, yeah, we'll see. And and what we shouldn't forget, though, guys, is the um, is the guys who are gone from the bullpen. So equally, whilst we've started to really piece together a new look bullpen and, I, you know, not to not to hammer anyone. I'm, I'm, intri- I'm intrigued to see what Yimmy Garcia brings. I'm intrigued to see what. You know, Sterling Sharp was that Rule 5 acquisition. Intrigued to see if he gets a go in the pen. He looks, you know, interesting. Intrigued to see what Stanek, <clears throat> what role he's given, whether whether he can become a closer. Can Steckham Ryder be healthy? Will Urania be, be in the pen? Can Connolly get his world back together? I don't know. There's, I mean, there's so many question marks over this bullpen. It's absolutely ridiculous, but... <laughs> Of all the games played last year, the top two uh, in terms of appearances were Conley and Harlan Garcia. <clears throat> the next six players have all gone. And that's that was Kinley, Guerrero, Chen, Anderson, Romo and Bryce. They were all of the eight of the eight players who pitched most out of the bullpen. Six of the eight are gone um, with Conley and Garcia remaining. And let's be totally honest, Conley is living a you know a couple of is he's a couple of lives down at the moment I'd say so <laughs> you know there's and, and you know that kind of nicely comes on to the the other bit you were working on talking about guys was some some catching depth on the last pods. You were right to highlight that because they've um they've gone and signed um Francisco Savelli two million two million bucks as uh as a backup catcher. 33, 34 years of age now. So, you know, struggled with concussions <clears throat> recently. So, but equally, what, what I, when I think of him and I was listening to Craig Mish's podcast a couple of days ago, one thing he mentioned was that uh, he's been an elite framer on being, it's been thought of that he was an elite framer. And so I feel that that will, the scenario of Alfaro's game that, he can help to develop, I think, as well as working with some of the younger pitchers and whatever. So I think that's a neat little pickup. But what we don't know is what the corresponding move will be yet. And some of these guys on the bullpen bubble, let's call it, um, Adam Conley is on that list. Um, you know, someone's going to have to make way. So, you know, there's still still time. Um, but let's, you know, the reality is, guys, the bullpen were, let's take Nick Anderson and Romo out of that. The rest were absolutely rubbish. 
there's no there's no other way of going about saying it. They were they were absolutely rubbish in the main. It was the Marlins bullpen was was pants. So <laughs> very polite way not, of putting it. Back yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's not it's not surprising that we that we're changing it up. So that's all good. I'm excited to see what these guys have got. There's so many question marks about the bullpen, you know. But the reality is, at the start of last year, this guy Nick Anderson was on the forty man. I'd never heard of him. No one had heard of him. I saw him pitch the second game and went, wow, this guy's good. Um, by the time we got to the All-Star break, I remember I was waxing lyrical about him. And then, you know, he was traded and we you know, got a huge piece back. Um, so let's hope we can do the same. Let's hope <clears throat> Sterling Sharp is absolutely incredible. <laughs> Who knows? Um, so, uh, okay, so that's the pen. The reality is there remains a question mark, guys. I think that's fair, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> let's let's move away from the pain. Let's talk about centre field. Uh, this week, I've seen again some stuff out. I think it was even today. Um, or maybe yesterday with reports from Michael Hill about the centre field position. And he was commenting on who may well appear there. And the names, really, I guess what he said was it's open, but the names that we'll consider are Brinson, Sierra, Monte Harrison, um, John Bertie, Jonathan VR, uh, are all names being talked about. So, how, Lee, I'll come to you first, mate. How do you see the centre field <laughs> shaping up all this? I mean, it, it may just be one in spring training and then we'll just see how it goes. But how do you see it playing out, mate? I mean, it's there's a few names there. Whether yeah. you're excited by any, I'm not sure. So it seems like we were, we were here, here last year, year as well. It's like, I mean, I think the whole the whole franchise want, wants Brinson to do well. You know, even, the, even the fans want him you know, you know, to be the man. So far, he, he you know, just hasn't shown it. But I still think they're going to give him one more shot. And if it doesn't work now, then then he will be cut or, or or traded. So I think he does still have one more option. So if it doesn't work out, he can go back down again. But then how how many years? You know, we, we we can't keep keep just doing that you know all the time. So yeah, I, I think Brinson gets one more shot. But interesting to see what he does in spring because he was really good in spring last year, and then it didn't it didn't you know translate over you know to, to like the main season. So it'll be interesting to see if, yeah, if he has a good good spring again. You know, we 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 can't get get too you know, you know pumped pumped for it because we don't we don't know what he's going to be like when the when the season does start. But yeah, otherwise, I mean, I think Monte you know, Harrison, if he hadn't got injured last year, then then we would have seen him, you know, last season in in mm-hmm. in September. So I think he might be the the actual future, you know, you know of the the position. But I think going into next year, it will be Brinson to start off with. Yeah. What What about you, Dan? Similar thoughts, mate? Yeah, similar thoughts. I think that it would take, a, it's a pretty big leap, leap of faith um, to, to, uh, to go back again and give Brinson a third chance. Um, I hope he does. Uh, we, 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 we're all big fans of Brinson on this podcast. So I think that... Um, I'd like to see him get another chance. The only thing that worries me is that it's quite a lot of pressure and um, he'll know it. And from what we've seen so far is he hasn't really reacted very well when under pressure. So um, we'll see. I think spring training is going to be pretty big. Um, But I would like to see Brinson with one more shout. Um, I really, really want him to succeed. But if not, then like Lee just said, I think Rob's um, a pretty big um, champion for Monty Harrison. Uh, Rob knows a lot more about the miners and the development mm-hmm. than any of us uh, put together, probably. So um, I will, I will back, I will back our fellow fish uh, mm-hmm. across the pond um, member and go that if it's not going to be Brinson, I really want to see. Uh, I really, really want to see Monty Harrison get a shot. Yeah, I, I have a feeling with Monte that he will probably start Triple uh, A. Would be yeah. the most likely for him. You would think just because he ended the year on, uh, you know, injured and yeah. whatever. Yeah. So, yeah, I think, I think it's going to be a, a really interesting spring training. I'm going to have eyes peeled on that. It is. There's, there's a few position battles, isn't there, guys? When yeah. you when you kind of look at it, yeah. you've got you've got the first base one, 
because, you know, it's Coopers last year, or ended up as Coopers. I mean, who was there? Opening day last year, who started in first base? Was it Peter O'Brien? Uh, Don't know. Good question. There we go. I mean, yeah. I, as things stand, you... Um, was it Walker played there or not? I can't remember who it was. I mean... I think it might. It could have been O'Brien. I'm not sure. We'll have to look back. Prado actually start. Didn't we try him at first as well? I don't think we started the season there. I can't remember now who. who. (laughs) Well, now we're on to that. I'm going to. I'm going to find that out. Um, I think it was Prado. uh, Neil Walker. It could have been Walker. Actually, that's a good Walker. Yeah, that's a good shout, mate. Um, Anyway, but I I think to go back to the the point, um, the first base is is to be discussed. With you've got Cooper, you've got Aguilar. Those two will battle it out. If Aguilar, if Aguilar bombs out, then there's a way to get out of that contract and not have to pay him any money. So let's say Aguilar bombs, and actually they go, well, do you know what? Um, Lewin Diaz is is ready. Let's say, and they'll maybe bring him up and you end up with Cooper and Lewin Diaz, let's say. I don't know. It's an option. So there's there's question marks at first base. Second base, we assume, is just Isan Diaz all the way. But I, yeah. I guess that's on the, the proviso that he um, hits more was, regularly. Um, I don't yeah. mind it say it wasn't you know, guaranteed to be his, his position still. He still had to win it in spring. Whether he was just saying that, you know, sort of, you know, you fire him up a bit. Yeah, uh, yeah, it, it would be a shock, a shock if it wasn't him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then, so shortstop again is an interesting point. You assume Miguel Rojas plays every day, but you know, we're not sure where VR's going to play. VR spent a lot of time at shortstop himself, so that's a question mark. Um, third base again is open because you think, well, Brian Anderson, but is Brian Anderson playing right? Well, who's going to play third? Is that going to be VR? Is it going to be John Birdie? What's happening there? Um, then left field seems cemented with Corey Dickerson, <clears throat> let's say. Center field, as we just talked about, is pick one from three or four. Right field, well, if Anderson's there, he's going to play there every day, let's say. But if he isn't, then you're into, you're into Cooper. You're into Harold. You're into who else is out there right field? I don't know. Um, I yeah. don't know. Speaking. Plenty of intrigue there, though. Yeah, yeah, there is. There's a lot. There's a lot of decisions to be made. It isn't just is Lewis Brinson going to come out as the starting centre fielder. I think. I think there's you know there's a lot a lot of decisions to be made just on on the lineup. But what I what I think, where do you, how do you see this now, Dan? This year, like when you look at this Marlins roster as it's currently composed. How, how are you seeing this comparing to last year's, mate? Well, it's, it's better than last year's. Um, I think that uh, it's it's got more... It's addressed the few of the things that we had problems with. It's got it's got more power in it. Um, the the uh, pitching, obviously, was what we excelled in last year. And um, hopefully those guys... Still a lot of young players in that pitching rotation. So hopefully, again, um, that will improve again, which would be brilliant because they they raised the bar, really, from, uh, for, for the Marlins. So, and the bullpen... We don't know because it's just complete, as you just said, it's complete change almost. So I, I would say it's a it's a more competitive, more rounded team than what we did have. Um, we've we've lost some, you know, likes of Castro and you know Prado Riddle. You know that that's that's quite a corner piece that's that's gone. But um, I think that there's there's more excitement, there's more power in this team. Um, and there's more competitive and more youth development now. Like that, the, they're another year on. You know, these yeah. guys that were um, that, that were you know just fresh out of out the minors and now got a year under their under their belt. So it's another year of the process. I don't expect us to be competitive, but I expect us to be better. We did cover this last time out, um, but yeah, I think that we we, we should be challenging to um, to the, the Mets this year, um, but looking to improve. But not not necessarily the record again isn't massively important. But again, it's just another year of progression, and you want to see these guys now. And Brinson is probably the biggest question mark. Just now, take their chance itself. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's it is the year. It's going to be. We'd expect the Marlins to improve this year, right, from a record perspective. Yeah, definitely. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. you'd expect that. Lee, here you go, mate. Here's one for you. Um, your early hot take or projection or something player related. Give me, give me <laughs> something you've got in your mind or team related. I don't know something slightly left field. And obviously, I haven't given you time to pre- prepare for this one, mate. But top of your head, what what are you thinking, so mate? Team wise, the record. I think it's going to be. I think they're going to be better than what a lot of people are going to predict still. And I reckon they're going to win up, up to 75 games, I reckon. Okay. I think they might, they might surprise Because yeah. I think the starting, row, starting rotation is going to be good. I think Brian Anderson will be an all, you know, he's going to be an, going to be an all-star next year. And he will hit like, you know, 30 home runs. As long as he can stay healthy, that's, that's the, the only issue with, with Anderson is that he's injured. But hopefully, if he can stay healthy, I think he will be a star, and we will sign him to to a long, you know, a long a long term deal as well. I like it, mate. So seventy five wins there or thereabouts. Anderson yeah. is an all star, and he clobbers thirty home runs and yeah. is extended as well. Yeah. <laughs> Woo. Woo. They are scorching hats. I like it, mate. Dan, what about you? Anything that's sticking in your mind, like early projections, early thoughts? Yeah, I think that I think seventy five is uh, is very realistic. I think that that that, that should really. What did, what did we finish on last year? Remember, fifty seven. Fifty seven. Okay, an eighteen game jump. Yeah, that's that's quite a jump. That's quite a big a jump. jump. <laughs> um, but it's it's probably. I don't say that's unrealistic. I, I'd say that's that's a shout. I, I think that's really what. I mean, I'll go very quickly back to to the NBA with Miami Heat's team this year. We're just with a couple of changes. Um, well, no, not just a couple of changes. Like a, a, a whole sort of sweeping um, new look roster, which in a way is similar to what we're saying. And suddenly now it's it's a younger, more competitive, faster team. And suddenly out of nowhere, everyone was saying that, including myself, we were going to be a a mediocre sort of 0.500, maybe just above six seed, maybe that sort of thing. And and we, we've, we've got one of the best records in the league. Now, I'm not saying that this is what the Marlins are going to achieve at all, but you've got to set that bar high because if you don't, you're accepting, you've got nothing to play for, nothing to aim for. So you're accepting that mediocrity, or in our case, it's below mediocrity at the moment. So I mm. think that it, it's something that any organisation that is rebuilding should set that sort of bar higher than what maybe you should achieve. Now, an 18-game swing or an 18-win swing is pretty big, but I think that that's what we should be achieve, what we should be aiming to achieve. And we've got, a new, as I said, new look team, a bit of power, um, new bullpen, you know, a lot of question marks over there, as we've just discussed. Excellent um, starting pitching. I think that the rally cry should be to, to, to you know, to progress. And I think that it, it's achievable. I like it. When I when we look at the National League in general, Lee, we were obviously the NL East. We obviously were bottom of, but in terms of the overall National League, we were also significantly bottom of that as well. Do you do you see the Marlins improving on that? Yeah. Are we going to be bottom again of the NL in total? I mean, the teams I guess that are most within distance or striking distance or potential to regress are the Pirates, who they had 69 wins last year. We had 57. Pirates, you've got... Padres had 70 wins, but I feel like the Padres curve is probably upwards, let's say. Um, The Rockies had 71. I think they had a bit of a bum year, the Rockies, so I could see them bouncing back. Giants at 77 wins feels a little bit infl- inflated for them. Could see them coming backwards a bit. Um, and then you've got the Reds at 75. Phillies at 81. Even the Mets finished with 86 wins. Bloody hell. Um, <laughs> you know, who? if, if it's not going to be the Marlins bottom of the NL, who's the most likely candidate of those guys? Uh, so probably the Pirates. I think we'll overtake the Pirates. The Giants, and they say, I don't know the Giants. I, I think we'll overtake them as well. I mean, they they seem ripe to ripe to rebuild, but they they never do. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so they will will bottom out as well. I think the Giants. Then, like saying the others, 
they could be primed for. I mean, I think the, the Cubs will come back a bit, but I don't think yeah, we won't. They won't. We won't reach them. But yeah, the Mets. Like I say that, that that does seem a high high win you know, total. Mm. I mean, we might be able to. I can't remember what our record against them was last year. I don't think we beat them that often. I don't. I don't remember it being very good. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think we, we we will beat them a few more times. I think, like I say, the Braves we were awful against again. But they, I mean, they looked. I mean, that might be our only undoing. Is that although we are going to be a better team, mm. we still play in a very tough division where yeah. we play you know half our games. We we got to play play against five hundred teams, mm. you know, yeah, and above. Which is why even though a record may not be as good as seven seventy. Like we, yeah, yeah, like the, the on-field play play should be be better at least. Yeah. Well, yeah. I remember, remember, we'll pick up at least at least whatever it is, what is it, half a dozen wins against the Phillies. So, yeah, at <laughs> least I mean, there's there's a strong chance of a, an opening series sweep there, isn't there? I mean, let's be totally honest. So, <laughs> that'd be lovely. I hope hope you're listening, Dave, as well. Just uh, just FYI. Um, yeah, okay, Lee, that's interesting. I think. Yeah, well, you're right, and 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 Dan, I think what you said there, the the division we play in is yeah. is just brutal. The Braves, yeah. their curve is upwards. I think as well. Also, I think we play the AL West as well. I think in in the league, I think, which means you got to play the Astros. Astros, you got yeah. the Ace. I think we got the Angels. Of, the Angels are rebooted. The Rangers are going to reboot. And then you stay. So yeah, we we got to play them as well. Obviously, we 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 got paid a raise, you know, six times. So yeah, bring we, them on. We, yeah, <laughs> bring them on. Wanna, should we have a look at these projections again, mate? Do we need to have a look at them? Fifth <laughs> wins now. We've, uh, we've gone silly. We by, haven't looked at the record. I stick by my my 70, seventy-five wins. <laughs> <laughs> I like it, mate. Stick by. We'll we'll have we'll we'll dive into that in more depth when when we're all on. We'll 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 ink those projections into stone. And I'm I'm going to put up my NL East projection again on on the uh, the Marlins UK page. Um, I was I was the only one I got right. I think was that the Marlins were bottom. So um, <laughs> you know, and I I probably will stick with that in in all honesty. But we'll dive into that another time, lads. Conscious of of time. Um, the only other news and notes, really, just to round things off, and I should have mentioned this earlier, was that Lewis Brinson won a home run derby. Um, <laughs> and just to kind of finish off on the centre field stuff we talked about, as you know, Brinson, I've always been a huge fan of his. I'm, like you said, I'm in the camp that heavily roots for him. So I really hope that he has a good year. In, there's some interesting stuff that I've seen recently with Lewis, where he's, he said he's come off social media for a while. He's not dicking about on Instagram. Um, he's actually gone and gone away and gone back to kind of fundamentals of his swing, hitting off a tee for a couple of months. So, you know, what that says to me is he he knows there's an issue and he's trying to work on it and address it. And equally, we've got this new hitting coach coming in who's turned the twins into an absolute hitting monster. So, you know, let's let's, you know, put the two and two together there. Brinson gets his head right. New hitting coach comes in unlocks the talent that's there i mean like i said he's just won a home run derby hitting baseballs into the ocean off a off a jetty or whatever i mean all we got to do is what put a put a pond outside marlins park and say that lewis and he'll be okay so you know um nice to see him you know win something to boost the confidence you know i saw on, on twitter as well he said you know i was there to win i went down there i wanted to win so there you go. Good start to the year for him. He'll roll into spring training, light it up. I think all we want him to do is to kick on and carry that on through the year. So, you know, that was the only other only other kind of Marlins item. The only other thing I'll just mention briefly is Stalin Castro, um, our old our old favorite from last year. Um, R.I.P. to the G.I.D.P. Um, <laughs> trying to say that after ten beers, <laughs> um, but he he stays in the NL East, guys. So we're going to see plenty of Stalin still. Yeah. He signed a two-year deal, I think, with the with the Nats. Uh, whether that's fully official yet or not, but you know, I think it's very likely to happen. Two-year deal with the Nats. So well done, Stalin. I mean, looking back, what a peculiar season he had, didn't he? With um, you know, absolute a terrible first half, and then turned into an all star as soon as the trade deadline went and ended. So, you know, yeah. good, good on him. Um, 
So I think that's it, lads. Um, we will look to be back in the next couple of weeks. Is there anything we've missed, or I think I think we've covered everything we'd expect today. We, you know, Corey Dickerson is in two-year deal. Austin Bryce DFA'd. Savelli in. Oh, actually, sorry, lads. The only one other note was the um, the switch pitcher um, that we've signed. I mean, it totally caught me off guard that, but. You know, he's only signed to a minor league deal, so there's no there's no guarantees, but with an invite to spring training. So, we'll, you know, we'll have a look at him. No idea about whether he's any good or not. What that says to me is if he's doing, you know, pitching right-handed and left-handed is he's probably not great at both. Um, <laughs> probably average at, at both. So, you know, don't hold much hope out on that one. So, um, you know, so there we go. We've got, you know, Dickerson in, Savelli in, a switch, switch pitcher in, um, the bullpen is still a, a work in progress, and I think we're all expecting some um, uh, some sort of free agent movement there. I think in the in the next couple of weeks, center field is is up for grabs, as are many positions. Um, all in all, I think without you know without that free agent closer, I think at the moment the Marlins off season has been near perfect. You take that away, I'd, I'd have it as an A, but you know obviously. I'm going to knock it down to probably a B, B plus, let's say, at the moment. Um, final grades, guys, on the Marlins offseason thus far, and then we'll wrap it up. Yeah, I'd say a B, B plus. You know, a minus is probably right. I'll say depending on who, if, if we do sign another reliever. Yeah, I'd say I'd say the moves, the moves they made, are, made have all been been good. What about you, Dan? Yeah, yeah same. Yeah, um, yeah. I think that if we can just get that last piece in. Um, then it will it will take it to a to a solid A, but at the moment, yeah, just under B B plus things fair. But yeah, good. I think we we've addressed the issues so far. Just need that like that last piece. I think and it will be perfect. It's very we'll be happy this side. So mm-hmm. awesome, boys. Uh, appreciate you uh, finding time to talk again. I enjoyed that episode thoroughly. It's good to be back behind the mic. So um, you know we'll we'll fire this back up again soon. Um, we'll we'll hope to have Rob. Uh, Rob also on that one um, and uh, yeah stay tuned as well we got a couple of irons in the fire for uh, for special guests as well um, some some familiar guests and, and maybe some new ones so you know we'll keep, keep your eyes peeled for that the the invite is still out there for Lewis so um, hit us up when you're when you're ready I think it'd be great to talk so um, but lads appreciate your time it's 30, episode 34 it's in the books and we will be back soon Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye.